We rank our top 10 Russian and Central European prospects in the 2024 NHL Draft on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalkesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be ranking the top 10 Russian and Central European prospects of the 2024 NHL Draft. By Central Europe, we mainly mean um, uh, players either playing in Czechia, the Swiss National League, or uh, the Russian prospects, of course. It pretty much limits itself to that in our top 10 here. So we'll discuss those, go from 10 to 1. No honorable mentions this time. We'll head straight into the top 10. But before I get into it, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. If you're listening to your favorite uh, on your on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. And leave us a rate and review. It helps the channel a lot. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So let's get right into it with number 10, a player we're not, neither one of us is too enthusiastic about, right? Yeah, there was a significant drop off between 9 and 10 for both of us, but uh, we, we both decided to go with Yegor Surin at 10, who is... An intriguing toolsy Russian uh, winger. He is six foot one, 192 pounds, uh, and he's quite young for the draft class. He's an August first, first birthday, which uh, helps his projection a little bit. But my views of him this season have been very chaotic and and inconsistent. Uh, he has a pretty decent shot when he has space and time. He can really make the opponents pay for it. But in the MHL, that space and time is very easy to come by. And there's certainly a lot of questions about how he's going to translate when he makes the jump to professional hockey in Russia. I think that's when we're really going to be able to get a better sense of, of how he projects overall, because the defensive game has been really, really hit or miss in my viewings. There are some games where he has a jump in his step uh, and he's a bit more engaged where he's less of a net negative defensively, but in a lot of viewings, he's kind of going for cherry picking plays and uh, wanting to, to, to jump the rush pretty quickly. But what's your take on Surin? I just, I see a player who doesn't really think the game at an advanced level and is playing on yeah. at a level in the MHL that already is poor because I mean, the KHL, has gotten poorer, which means a lot of the young players, the players who are eligible for the MHL, are actually playing in the KHL. So yeah. what that does is it lowers the level of high-end quality, and the mid-level and low-end quality is already really, really poor in the MHL. Like, what made it interesting was seeing best-on-best best in terms of top line, right? Top line versus top pair, that kind of thing. With Anton Salaev, Igor Chernyshov, Nikita Artemanov, like, those guys playing most of their time in the KHL, Surin isn't really facing any type of level that makes him think. And he's already a, not a good thinker. So it's like he, he's his biggest weakness isn't something that's being addressed at the current level, which is why he's 10th in our rankings is because the tools are really interesting. The awareness isn't. And he's not at a level which sees him ch challenged on that end in terms of in terms of thinking the game. Um, but that brings us to ninth. Um, I'm curious to see who we have at ninth. Personally, I have Leon Mowgli ninth. Um, 
Mowgli is interesting. He's a left shot defenseman playing in uh, the top in the Swiss National League, um, the top level of pro hockey in, in Switzerland. And you see a lot of interesting things from him. He's pretty composed. He's pretty good on the puck, but not overly confident with it. Um, his main his main attributes are really defensive. He's a good skater, um, especially backwards and laterally. So he's really good at closing gaps in transition. He's really good at, at kind of boxing out the slot. Um, when he gets an opportunity to, to do so, but he's not a player who I see as necessarily confident, even though the production has been fairly decent for Mowgli, right? It has been for sure. And he he's next up on my board, but first I've got Matt Bechiravin, who I assume is coming up pretty shortly for you as well. Uh, yeah. Shiravin is a, an all defense defenseman uh, out of Russia. He's six foot two, 172 pounds, uh, probably a bit heavier than what he's listed at there, but yeah. uh, he, he is, he's quite a decent thinker of the game, uh, but he lacks a level of composure when he's on the puck that has really, really tanked his value in my eyes. Uh, he, yeah. while defensively off puck, he is focused on the right things. He's very much focused on protecting the slot. There are games where he keeps really tight gaps, other games where he's a bit more passive on that front, but his defensive game as a whole is a strength, both at the KHL level and in the MHL, but his on puck game is a gaping black hole. And on puck, whenever he faces multivariable pressure, he can panic and and struggles to string together a, the simple play or to find simple solutions to intense problems. And intense yeah. problems at the NHL at the MHL level are not very intense. So to see that that level of panic uh, and the the, thresh, the threshold for panic be so low with him in a league that has a pretty low level of competition has been a little bit concerning, but he's a lot better in the offensive zone. As long as play is ahead of him, he's a bit better. Like he struggles mm -hmm. with back pressure off the rush where four checkers are getting around him and attacking him from different angles. But yeah. uh, he, he's a player who, who I've liked as a distributor offensively. Um, and he has some, some real strengths. I can see why some people have him as high as like their, the upper end of their second round. But I, I have a, enough concerns with the the breakout game specifically to keep him low down on this list. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as I had scouted Dover Prospects and, and the lead in terms of European players, you've definitely gotten a better look at these guys than I have. The the one issue I really noticed with Sherevin, um, in the in the early season viewings I got of him, when he's behind his net with the puck waiting for a change and then suddenly a four-checker instead of just waiting in front of the net decides to chase him around it. It feels like an instant loss of the puck, like it automatically. Does. It's a big it issue. Really exactly. So, like, I, I understand that there are some skills that he does really well. He's a decent skater. Um, his his uh, shot from the point, he uses it often. But I feel like oftentimes he's using a shot to get rid of the puck rather than doing the right thing. Yes. Right. Which is <laughs> very like, much so. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, it's why I still have him um, at eighth overall. Uh, I still think that the skating and defensive game will translate fairly well. Whereas with Mowgli, I have a bit more concerns with the lack of confidence on the puck. Like Shravan is still like, he's not confident on the puck. He's panicky with it. Um, yeah. But overall, I think the defensive game is a bit more projectable. The skating is as well. Like, yeah, there's a foundation. I, I would agree there. with that. I would, I would agree with that. I think with, with Leon Mowgli, who is my next player off the board. So we just have these two players swapped. Um, yeah. 
what I like with him is that, yes, he's a bit limited as a skater, but his four-way mobility is decently good. Uh, like, he, he's he's as agile in all four directions as, as he's, like, going forwards or backwards, which I like in a defenseman. It makes him a lot more adaptable to complex pressure. And he he's, like, not the biggest guy. Like, he's less at 6 feet, 159 pounds. But Looks he makes a... He looks a bit smaller, but he always lowers his center of gravity, which makes him look smaller, but it exactly. gives him leverage in those board battles. And he's able to win board battles against like far stronger professional opponents playing professional hockey in Switzerland. And I've been impressed by that. I think that, yes, like he lacks dynamism on puck, certainly, but in the offensive zone, I've always found him quite purposeful with the puck on his stick. He is really actively trying to solve problems and he has an idea. He has ideas of what to do with the puck. Whereas with Matt Bechiravin, for instance, pure panic. as you said, it is pure panic, right? It is like, get this puck away from me because he is yeah. so much stronger off puck than he is with the puck. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas with Mookley, there's a lot more comfort with the puck, even though his handling skill isn't exactly much better than Shiravan's. There's a composure there on puck that I appreciate, and he's also like four months younger than Shiravan, so True. he's a, he's one of the younger players uh, among the, the this glut of European defensemen. And the fact that he's that young and also playing some pretty solid minutes and consistent minutes professionally is a nice green flag for me. For sure. I mean, they're they're pretty close for me. I give the edge slightly to Shravan, but it's not a big enough gap that like there's any concern there. And like you said, there are things that both of them are really good at. Um, I just, I don't know. There's something about Shravan that that I I like a tiny bit more. But that wraps things up for our first segment. Uh, we'll talk about uh, picks. Uh, well, our our rankings seven through four. Um, right after these messages of some sponsors over at Fanduel. Happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your absolute favorite football snacks, and placing a couple bets. While I'm also going to be looking forward to all of the advertisements to really see what all the, the, the companies come up with for wacky ways of selling their products, uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to is a single game parlay with FanDuel, especially because my team isn't in this game, so I have no anxiety about the Super Bowl this year, which is calming and also disappointing as, as, as per usual. But to make it a little bit more exciting, a single game parlay is the way to go. Whether you want to bet on... Uh, obviously the outcome of the game, but also the players that stand out. How many touchdowns the quarterbacks throw for? The choice is yours with FanDuel. New customers who join today will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Alrighty, so moving on in our rankings, I made a mistake earlier. I said eight through four. It's seven through four that we're going through right now. Um, and the next two players, I think we'll, we'll both have back-to-back. -back. I'm not sure in which order because they're very, very similar. Um, we'll start off at seventh overall. Who do you have there? I've got Danilo Stinkov in here. And oh, I, let's go. I, I, I assume it's the same for you. Yeah. Like they are similar. Like, like Tomas Galvash is the next one. Stylistically, they have some similarities, but like in terms of frames, they're very different. Uh, mm -hmm. Stankov is certainly a lot bigger. He's six foot, 183 pounds. Galvash is five foot, 10, 154. There's certainly a gap there, but yeah. 
Uh, with Ustinkov, I've been a really big fan of his ability in transition specifically with the puck on a stick, moving forwards through the defensive zone and into the neutral zone. He has his head on a swivel. He's really, really good at managing pressure and uh, implementing delays in his rushes to make space in, uh, for his teammates and to create some openings. I've really liked the flashes in that, and especially like at the World Junior Championship, we saw that a lot more from Ustankov than we did from a player like Leon Mugli, who played yeah. on the exact same Swiss team at the World Junior Championship. Uh, and I think that he has a higher upside than Mugli does, even though his likelihood of hitting it is a bit lower. Yeah. His play in the offensive zone has been a bit hit or miss in my viewing so far this season. He... It, can be quite confident in the puck in certain games, especially when his transition game is really flowing well. But offensively, I can see him restraining himself a bit uh, and trying to like, like be a bit risk-averse, which is, of course, also linked to his desire to keep big minutes uh, playing professionally. But uh, he's a player who I think becomes better when he takes risks. And yeah. I'd like to see him become a bit more comfortable with that as the season progresses, uh, which is one of the reasons that I think he he's a bit lower on this board than the toolkit might suggest that he could be. And I know other scouts out there are really massive fans of him. Like Sam McGilligan, for instance, comes to mind. who's a massive fan of, uh, of Ustenkov, but I haven't quite seen the consistent level of like high-end performance that would merit like a first-round value. Yeah, for sure. I, I fully agree with that. Um, I would say, though, the thing that really interests me with Danilo Stankov is, you know, he's he's always making plays inside motion. Like, he doesn't yes. need to slow down to collect Certainly. the puck, to make a pass. Like, that's a really interesting aspect of his game. But there's a reason why I have Thomas Galvis ahead of him, even though Galvis is, is, is smaller. It's because... Galvis exudes this confidence and this poise with the puck that I don't always see with his think of. Like you said, he's really risk averse. He's trying to play safe. He's got the toolkit to do more. And the more time he spends worrying about, you know, turnovers and, and risk and the more his team, I don't know if it's a team thing as well. Maybe his team is trying to pressure him to play it safe and, and, and to earn his way up to be able to take risks. But with Galvish, it seems like he doesn't care. It doesn't really matter what teams ask of him. He's He's got his playing style, and you like it or you don't. And yeah, for me, Galvish is definitely more dynamic, better skater, oh, yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. More willing and engaged in offensive transitions. Like, he'll jump into rushes a lot more than Ustinkov. Um, but stylistically, they're pretty similar in the way they defend and the way they approach the offensive game as well when they're on their confident kind of boost. Um, and yeah, overall, I, I just really like what Galvis brings to the game. And having watched Thomas Galvis play next to Adam Yarchek, who's going to be coming up soon, um, yeah. watching those two on a on a D pairing together at the Five Nations tournament, it was really impressive to see Thomas Galvis go about it. Like he 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 had he was keeping things steady for Yarchek when he needed to, but he was also heavily jumping into rushes when he needed to. It was a good balance that he struck there. Um, so that's how we have them back to back. But yeah, what would you who would you say was the better skater of the two? Like for me, it's slightly Galvish, but it's not massive, right? It's it's Galvish for me. Like obviously, like Ustenko has, has a far more powerful stride. He's a lot stronger in his lower body. It allows him to get a lot more distance with individual strides. But sure. Galvish has a an agility and an adaptability and a level of edge work that uh, Ustenkov just can't quite match. Like I've seen Galvish 
get his way, I, I, I half possession, half possession of the puck, be surrounded by like three opponents, and he weaves his way out of it and and, and retains possession because he really is very adaptable. And uh, yeah, he's he's a ton of fun on on, on his skates, especially when he's like scrambling. He gets quite creative pretty quickly, very much like like a quarterback scrambling in the pocket. Uh, like it's not the it's not the most controlled thing in the world, but it, yeah. it it's often quite effective and. Um, yeah, I, I've been a fan of his game so far. I think that the defensive side of the game, I'm a little bit less enthusiastic about than with Ustankov, for instance. And I think a lot of that also comes down to like Ustankov is a decent, like he's pretty good at like clearing the net front and kind of using some physicality to really impose himself. And with Galvesh, yeah. that is certainly still a hurdle for him playing professional it's all hockey. Positional. He has, like at 140 and 54 pounds, like it's all positioning, right? And it's all strategic. I'd like to like see him more consistently, like consciously lower his center of gravity to like out leverage opponents and try to like be a little bit more involved in board battles. But that that's been coming along this season and it's been growing. But he, yeah. he's been fascinating. He's a very, very fun and dynamic player. Uh, but the next one on our list here, I think I assume is the same for both of us. Is it his his countryman, Adam Yurichek? It's not. I have him way higher than you do. Uh, wow. But yeah, we'll get into that soon. I just want to talk first and foremost about Nikita Artemanov, who's my fifth ranked prospect of this glut of Russian and Central European players. Artemanov is about as projectable as you get. Like he's a really smart, really confident, really engaged and high motor type of forward. Um, I believe he's around six foot 160, something like that, 165. I might be wrong on that. Let me just pull it up, actually. Um, but I have him ranked pretty high because I like the play style. I have him ranked 17th overall. And yeah, he's 5'11, 187. He plays yeah. in the KHL right now. Um, and he's been doing really, really good for Torpedo. He's been scoring a bunch of points. And just you watch him on in the game. Like he's playing on their PK, he's playing on their second power play. He's, you know, getting involved in these situations. And yeah, the defensive game's solid. The skating is, I mean, the skating is wonky, but the output is pretty good. Um, he's got decent stick handling. His his offensive tools aren't necessarily the best, but he can find lanes really well because he's really, really smart. He's able to find small area passes that really work well in advanced play. And yeah, overall, there's just a well-roundedness to his game that I really like. But uh, talk me through your fifth pick because I'm, I'm guessing it's the guy that I'm thinking about, right? Yeah, it's, it's Adam Yerchek for me. I, I've had a lot of questions uh, watching Adam Yerchek play this season, and yeah. few of them have been answered. So his season-long injury is, of course, like awful for the player, brutal. like being out for the yeah. season. is just always just so brutal. But mm -hmm. also of all the players to have a season-long injury in terms of it being a massive wild card of what ends up happening to their draft stocks, Yerchek is a fascinating one because he was such a wild card already to begin with where I was felt like I was scrambling for every newest viewing just to like get some clear idea of what he could project as because this is a player who is like, what, he's like six foot one, six foot two, uh, but like he's at under 160 pounds, but he plays a violent style of defending. And he's an excellent skater, like really, really mobile, gets around the ice really, really well, uh, can really solve problems with his feet. But despite that strength is a black hole in transition. And I've seen him be a deer in the headlights with every single instance of forechecking pressure that I've really seen this season from him, which yeah. has been concerning in my viewings. But the toolkit there is very impressive. I I have his range as like 10 to 25 or 10 to 30 because it's just yeah. so erratic. It's so 
like, I, like there are arguments to be made for every single draft slot in that range. And I think I'm personally a little bit more pessimistic just also because a season ending injury does not help the concerns, especially if like, his skating has been the one consistent facet in his game that has been creating advantages for him. Even when like he's panicking, he's yeah. able to solve problems with his feet. So it being a knee injury of all things is also concerning. Yeah. Uh, but he's a fascinating player. And uh, I, 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 been trying to love him all season long because i think that if he hits his like ultimate upside he's going to be one of the best defensemen out of this draft class he's he can be so much fun when he's on his game especially against junior competition but all the professional tape i've seen this season has been painful yeah i fully get that and i'll get into why i have him uh, higher than you do uh once we get to him on on my board but yeah uh that wraps things up for our second segment we'll get into our third where we talk about picks four through one uh, an interesting glut of players here among russians and central europeans we'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors over at indeed We're driven by the search for better here at Locked On NHL Prospects. And when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. It's, it's to match. And you can match with Indeed. Uh, if you need to hire, Indeed is the best place to do it. They're a matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. One of the things I love about Indeed, and it's how I got my job, uh, my day job, um, is that it makes it's super user friendly, and on top of that, they sort jobs through uh, they sort through jobs in a way that helps you find something that matches your specific skill set. I'm someone who's really comfortable talking to, to customers. I'm someone who's got really good rapport with people, and you know the the job that I found matches that really really well, and indeed helped me a lot in terms of finding something like that. So it's not just useful for employees, but uh, for employers, but it's also useful for potential employees. And it leverages over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day with their matching engine. It's constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. So just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support your sh- our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Alrighty, so let's move on to the top four, the big guns. Uh, we'll start off with number four here. I don't know if we have the same player. Do you have Nikita Archimanov here, or do you have some? I else? do indeed. Okay, I so we have a different player. Go get started on him. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah, about, uh, I, I'm. I mean, you already covered Archimanov quite well in terms of his strengths, right? Like this is a really feisty, high motor, and intelligent player. He's been one of the better players I've watched this season in terms of offensive transition. Like he is, he consistently drops low into the defensive zone to support the breakout. And then th- under pressure and uh, in the KHL of all leagues is con- consistently able to find the simple uh, way to solving pr- problems and very much like uses his line mates uh, like with him consistently. And yeah. I've, I've been a really big fan of just like his selfless style of play. He's a really fun playmaker in the offensive zone. He's very, very middle oriented. He's not pushed the perimeter much at all. So he's very professional in those habits of being very cent- center driven. And uh, yeah, he's, he's been one of my favorite players this season in terms of, of projectability, but also in terms of entertainment value, because it's, 
every role he's been put in so far, and that's been but almost every single role that a winger can play in the in the KHL, he's thrived in. And yeah. I can see the argument for him inside the top ten, even like some people have him that high, and I I, I can understand why. Like he's just outside that range for me at the moment. He's thirteenth uh, on my personal board as of right now. And uh, he's only one slot behind my next guy. But uh, before I get into him, who do you have at four? Who I have at four is <laughs> Nikita. Well, not I was going to say Nikita Arkhamov. My goodness, um, Igor Chernyshov is who I have at fourth. And Chernyshov is really interesting. He's a really big, powerful player. Um, in terms of his overall frame, his usage of his frame. I think he's really good at getting off the boards and using his body to kind of shield the puck. That's one of his biggest assets. Um, he's pretty hefty um, and overall just gets gets around really well. But I was really, really surprised with how much the defensive game is involved um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, he's a player who has been kind of going back and forth between the KHL and the MHL. In the MHL, he's just dominating everybody. And you know, it's pretty obvious when you watch him at 6'2", 192, with the skill set he has, with the acceleration that he has off the boards. Like, as soon as he gets a puck along the boards, you're not catching him. He's getting past you really easily. And, you know, that's not saying much for the MHL, but still. In the KHL, though, what's been really interesting is how he's molded his game to his role. Like, he's mainly been playing in the bottom six, playing... A couple minutes a night, not much. But what he's been doing with those minutes has been really interesting. Um, he he sets up, he he reloads above the puck. He makes sure that he he keeps the play in front of him defensively. In transition, he's constantly kind of angling players off to the side, off the rush. Um, in his own zone, like his positioning has been really solid. His stick work has been really solid. And he's been using his frame to win board battles, get the puck off the boards in the defensive zone, make a pass, and just jet into the offensive zone. Um, he's got a really interesting skill set and one that complements really well his power elements, right? So that's what makes him so interesting for me. And that's what gives him slightly the edge over Nikita Artemanov, even though um, a couple of weeks ago when I put up my rankings, I had him ranked 20th and Artemanov 17th. I would flip that around now uh, with more viewings. I've, I've, I've become a bit more sold on what Chernyshov brings to the game. And I think you have him ranked like ninth overall in your in your personal board, right? Or something like that. He's eighth. I'm a I'm wow. A fan. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's so, fantastic. He's not even my next guy off the board. Then, like, I actually have Anton Salayev at, at, as the third player. Wow. In, in okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's it's a pretty open tier. Like, I I have a glut of players there that could quite easily jump between each other, and they have been quite consistently over the last couple of weeks for me. But yeah. as of as of right now, I do I do have Salayev behind Chernyshov. Um, yeah. What's really fun with Salayev is the raw tools, and and that makes the upside with him just astronomical. This is a six foot seven, two hundred and seven pounds, smooth skating left shot defenseman who has some of the best gap control I've seen, or maybe not gap control, but he's one of the best at closing gaps among players in this draft class. The consistency and control of it is more hit or miss. But if he's able to define consistency in that skill, that will be a massive strength for him at the NHL level. And uh, could easily see him going as high as like second or third overall come draft day. Oh, he sure. is also very raw. His decision-making is consistently flawed. He can panic. Uh, he has a whole bunch of, of issues in his game. But overall, his defensive game, I think, is 
has so much room to grow. And that's one of the reasons that I'm still quite a big fan of him and yeah. uh, why I think it's certainly a wide open discussion with him and Chernyshev and Artemanov among the Russians, uh, because the sky is the limit. If he's able to start clicking at, at, at a, a high end pace mentally, Ooh boy, is that going to be horrifying for NHL forwards to have to oh, tap sure. on side of the ice? 100%. But there's a long way to get there. There's not a slam dunk likelihood of him being a top pairing defenseman. Like I could easily see him topping out as a number three, or number four, if that decision making doesn't make like some significant leaps. But he is going to get a ton of targeted development because he's going to be drafted higher than I have him ranked. And he's going to get a lot of time invested from the NHL team that ends up picking him, which also improves his chances. But uh, he's a player I've, I've enjoyed and he's one of the wackiest players in this draft class. He is very wacky, but I'll get into them soon because I have him ranked second. Uh, but let's go to third overall where I have ranked, uh, I have Adam Yurich check ranked um two spots higher than you had him and the the reason for that's really simple is just i still believe in the upside i think this is a player you know we're talking about a right-handed defenseman is his brother david yurchek was one of my favorites uh last year and adam is just really really interesting um in, in the way that he approaches the game offensively like he's still exploring and discovering things and obviously he's injured now so he doesn't get that opportunity until at least next year but I think the upside is still there, and I'm I'm really worried that you know if I drop him anywhere past you know the top fifteen, that I'm just going to come back to bite me because this is a player who yeah. there are glimpses in his game of something really really special offensively. Um, yeah. But moving on to uh, number two, uh, well actually, who, who do you have at three? You, Salayev. I, I had Salayev yeah, three. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. So. At number two, I have Anton Salayev, and the reason for for him being the only, um, the, the, the first, the top defenseman of this group for me is just, you know, like you mentioned, he could become the best gap closer in world hockey. Um, yeah. And I think as the more time he spends in pro hockey, the more time he spends playing that league full time, because obviously we're talking about a player who last year was playing full time in the MHL on like a bottom pair. and. Yeah immediately became like a top four defenseman in the KHL. There's an adaptation period, and I think it's just a matter of time before he gets there. So that's why I haven't ranked that high is because I think there's still, I mean, I still haven't ranked 13th overall in my personal rankings. Like he's way lower than consensus, but I just really, yeah, like I I really believe in the overall ability of Saliev to develop something special in this game. But I'm guessing you have Chernyshov at, at second, right? I, I do indeed. Yeah. Like Igor Chernyshev, um is a player I've really circled back to in recent weeks. Um, after, like I remember beginning of the draft cycle, we were both really, really bullish on him and I kind of had him in this like yeah. late end of the top 10 range, but soured on him a little bit through like November, December. But in my most recent viewings of him, both at the junior level and in the KHL, I've been really impressed with the player I've seen. Like this is a, he's so in the mold of like the modern European power forward in terms of having like the fluid mobility, the power game, the goal scoring threat, the defensive work rate. Uh, he's effective in all three zones. Like he's put up like excellent defensive and transition metrics in both the KHL and the MHL, which is very promising. The offensive game hasn't hit quite as well in the KHL just yet, which is understandable, but the tools are really impressive. He's a limited playmaker and he needs to add a lot of deception into his offensive game especially in terms of like using his playmaking or his passing game as a way to deceive when he wants to shoot that still has to come in his game if he really wants to become a high-end power forward in the nhl but he has a, such a solid foundation right now in terms of tools and habits and intelligence that 
I, the more I've seen, the higher I think his upside is. And there, there are some flashes of Yuri Slavkovsky type draft gear plays, but he's a better scanner, yeah. but has a little bit less raw tools. But mm-hmm. uh, and it won't go first overall, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but but he's very very fun, and I appreciate his game a lot. Oh yeah, it's really enjoyable to watch. But that brings us to first overall um, of this group Big of Russians. And yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any surprise here. Both of our second overall ranked player in our personal rankings, it's Ivan Demidov. By far and away, the best hands on this draft. And we're including Macklin oh celebrating God. that. Like, it's ridiculous what close. it gives us talk. He, I've never seen a player challenge like four or five players a shift um one-on-one more than Ivan Dimitrov. He he's just so creative with it. Um the output is definitely better than the input skating wise. Like his yes. rise a bit wonky, but he the he, output's he can... absurd. Like it yeah. should not be that good with like the level of the input. Like oh yeah. He he beats half the players he takes on solely with his feet without even needing to use his hands. Exactly. It's ridiculous what he can do with the puck and also with his feet there. And he also thinks his way out of problems really creatively. Um, yeah. He can find the smallest gaps in coverage and kind of exploit them. He can he can thread pass it through seams, and he has a really good back leg wrister, which I've grown to love a bit more. Um, so overall, yeah, like this is the only player that I think has any business being at second overall for me. I don't think there's much doubt there. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're both big fans of his, and also the defensive game's pretty polished, right? For like a, a, a player of his kind of profile, I was pretty decently surprised with the way he defends. I don't know if polished is the word that I use that I would use, but he's certainly a lot more defensively engaged than you would expect any like high flare Russian winger to be or yeah. European winger or any winger, honestly, like, yeah. like you see players of the style, like Andrew crystal, for instance, from last year, where like the defense was like about the hundredth thing that he cared about on the ice. Yeah. And, and that led him to drop a lot in the draft, understandably. But with, with the meetup, there's a level of defensive engagement that completely blows like Matt Mishkov out of the water from last season, sure. which makes him a lot easier to rationalize at second overall. Uh, but uh, he's he's a player that I think we've both loved every single viewing of that we've gotten. And even when he's chaotic, he is the most entertaining player on the ice. But when he's under control a little bit he is so lethal in the offensive mm-hmm. zone especially against mhl competition it's just not fair yeah he's, he's tearing them up i think he's at two and a half points a game over his past it is especially. it is gross ridiculous yeah. you know left shot right winger 511 168 just about average size wise but just so dynamic but that wraps things up for today's show thank you very much for tuning in if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform make sure to make us your first listen of the day and make sure to leave a rate and review it helps out the channel a lot for your second listen of the day make sure to check out locked on sports today to get all your news and updates about what's going on around sports make sure to tune in for the rest of the week as we continue our prospects coverage from the month of february this has been hattie kalakesh with sebastian high and we hope you tune in next time.